where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you, voice of Ryan Treasure, Bonnie D. in the house. Now, I'm just going up in the air because I never remember whether I did the past or the future in both directions. We've got a packed house today here. We've got four, I'll say, veterans of the show and one brand new newcomer you'll find out in a minute. I have to tell you, it's November 1st. It's All Saints Day in, where are you, Tom Raftery? You're in Spain, correct? Spain. Spain, in France, yeah. they call that Toussaint, all, day, all Saints Day. Here in the United States, it's just the 305th day of 2023 in the Gregorian calendar. And a little story, uh, there was a pope named Gregory, and he didn't like the Julian calendar. He thought that the extra days were in the wrong place, so he changed it. I call him one of the early creatives, and I'm sure his mom said, you're really great. So then we got the Gregorian calendar. It's also 44th Wednesday of the year, and there are 60 days remaining. So if you have any special plans for celebrating, getting through another year. Yes, we're all here. Start planning right now. So now let me read my opening and full disclaimer. I did input my usual text into ChatGPT friend and I edited the following poem and I want my guests to smile and just wave when I call your name. So here we go. In Bonnie D's domain, wisdom shines by the bite. That's sound bite. Welcome global audience to our tech-fueled flight. On Technology Revolution, the stage is set, we avow, unraveling mysteries, exploring the future of now. In this digital tapestry where IoT and AI entwine, a future of brilliance, new paradigm fine. Connected lives, smarter cities in the digital sphere as possibilities stretch both far and near. ChatGPT's wisdom, a beacon in the night, guides through this landscape shining bright. IoT and AI, a dance of endless stream, enhanced by our experts in this tech-filled dream. Now you're going to wave. Eric Simone and Bill Pugh, everybody wave. Voices wise and true. Leonard Lee, wave. Tom Raftery, guy with the hat. Tom White, our newcomer, too. Thoughtfully woven tales, their predictions take wing. The future of IoT and AI, making censor of things, part two, they ring. Bonnie D, that's me, invites you along on this engaging flight in the future of IoT and AI, view today or tonight. What'd you all think? Do you like it? Awesome. <laughs> like it? Yeah. Great stuff. It was a little bit long, but I, I and uh, I did customize it. It's always the human version of what ChatGPT. I do that for all my shows now, and it always gets a smile from my guests one way or the other. So <laughs> very much. Let's go around the table. My speaking order today is Eric Simone first, then Bill Pugh, then Leonard Lee, then Tom Raftery, and our newcomer, Tom White. And I have to do a shout out to somebody named Katie White is in the background. She's joining us today, but she's not going to be on camera. So uh, I'm going to say to Eric, Eric, to Bill, to Tom Raftery, and Leonard Lee, uh, I'm saying I did the math this morning, my special audience guest calculator, and I found out that there are 14.3279 people in the world who don't remember the four of you. Eric's calc Eric, I think you know, he knows who they are. Bill is not sure about the fraction, but he knows. Tom Raftery, he's got the calculation under his hat. And Eric Leonard Lee is saying, why does she do this every time? Okay, well, you've all been on so many times. 
Tom White, you're the newcomer. Nobody knows you on the show yet, so you've got to do. So to the other four, do your do your bio in about two to two and a half minutes and just catch us up. What have you been up to? It's exciting. And what's your ongoing excitement for the topic of the future of Internet of Things and AI? Let's start with Eric Simone. You're on Speaker Review. Hi, Eric, hi Bonnie. Great to be on again. My name is Eric Simone. I am the CEO and founder of a company called ClearBlade. We are an Internet of Things, an edge AI software company based in Austin, Texas. Oh, gosh, what have we been doing lately? We've been busy onboarding over 250 new customers that have come to us from all around the world. Uh, companies in transportation, engineering, healthcare, manufacturing. Uh, we've taken on uh, a big portion of Google's IoT business uh, over the last 12 months. So that has kept us hopping, man. Um, it's been exciting and, and challenging at times when you're running infrastructure in three different parts of the world, Asia, Europe, and North America. But the strength of our business is our engineering. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm just a lucky guy that gets to lead them. What's your passion for the future of IoT and AI? One, oh, two sentences. Why are you oh, here? So, well, well, one, um, look, what fuels AI is data. And where's most of the world's data come from? Machines. So we're happy to be in the ecosystem fueling uh, the AI revolution and watching that AI move from the cloud to the edge. And I'll comment a bit more on that. Thank you very much. Eric Simone, you have to forgive me a thousand times. I always say Simone because I have many friends in New York whose last names are spelled like yours and they say Simone. So Simone, Simone. Eric Simone, Simone I will I will be good for the next 47 minutes. Well, 48 minutes, I promise. Thank you very much. Let's move to Bill Pugh. Bill, welcome back. Let's have a brief bio from you. You're on speaker view. Go ahead. Well, thank you very much, Bonnie, for having me. It's always a pleasure. Um, so I'm Bill Pugh, co-founder and managing partner for Smart Connections Consulting. And uh, it, the the big thing from my perspective is uh, how, again, and I think Eric kind of stole my thunder there with the data stuff, <laughs> uh, but we're, we're all about data. I am huge in building digital twins and the, the use of digital twins to solve problems. They're not, it's not the panacea, but it is a huge tool. Uh, and especially in the cities uh, and, and municipalities and you know things like that, it's huge. And the data, the quality of the data is, is probably the key aspect to that. What we've been doing over the course of the past few months has been visiting a number of cities, um, running around doing speaking engagements and kind of trying to help everyone understand that in using uh, AI to solve problems, you're going to need something like a digital twin to help visualize all of that. Interesting, always. Thank you very much. Appreciate your being here. Let's move to Leonard Lee. Before you all join, Leonard, Leonard was here. He was an early bird. I told him I might have some tequila, but no worm. I hope that was a good joke. You can, I yeah, think, Tom Rafter, awesome. you can smile now. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Leonard, Fuller. I was telling Leonard that I see him on LinkedIn every day somewhere. Like I see Eric Simone somewhere. And Leonard says, is it too much? Is it too much? And I said, no, I love seeing the people I know, the smart people I know. And I invite on my show, I like to see what you're doing in the world. Tom Raftery, same thing with you. Conferences and keynoting and stages and places and people. I, I think it's great. So thank you very much. Leonard Lee, now there's your big intro. Uh, take about yeah. two minutes and catch us up to what are those stages and places you've been. Welcome back. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having me back, Bonnie. And uh, it's 
Good to be with the gang. And uh, Tom, welcome. <laughs> so Thanks. Leonard Lee, I'm the founder and executive analyst at Next Curve. And it's a, um, it's a research advisory firm that I founded six years ago now, which is amazing uh, for me, at least. Um, and, uh, you know, this uh, it, it's something that um, I, I started because uh, a lot of my clients wanted me to uh, work with them in addressing some of their most critical um, problems. And these tend to be really big problems. And I've had the honor to work with many of them and uh, working them through or at least advising them in some of these um, uh, big challenges that they face. Um, and, uh, you know, I do a lot of work in the broader ICT um, you know, uh, industry. And, um, lately, you know, I've been, I've been working with a lot of clients on the problems of hype. Um, we have way too much of it out there and it's hurting a lot of companies and maybe they don't recognize it just because they're in the moment. Um, but it is a big problem. And so, uh, helping clients work through their situation and figure out a path out. Um, and hype is real and it is not a good thing. And despite what people say, innovation is great, uh, but it can be done without hype, you know, really focusing on where the technology is that we all talk about and we is often hyped extremely these days. And so the, that's basically what I've been helping clients with, um, in the past year, especially with the downturn, you know, that we've seen in the quote unquote tech industry. So anyway, thank you. Lynn. Thanks for having me back. Oh, my pleasure. Very interesting what you said about hype. And that's part of the mm -hmm. reason I do this show because everybody's talking about and the hype about AI. What is it? Is it good or is it bad? Are that where are the ethical yeah. guidelines and is it going to take away our jobs and the robots are going to come and have dinner with us? Oh my God, who's going to do the yeah. cleanup? And where's the Roomba? And who's driving the car? And is the car being driven? And where's my job? And what am I doing? And am I smart enough? And will I have a job? Will my family survive? Yeah. And are we going to have flying this and flying that? And it's a lot of hype. So I'm trying to bring it down to the ground of what we can all see. You're all really smart. You're all invested in technology way beyond my level now I used to be but what I'm saying is I'm trying to bring this down to a quote-unquote lay level of having a conversation that's real and setting huh. the record straighter there you go so thank you very much and I'm, I'm going to do a quick promo here uh, Tom White might not know this but this show is ranked number six by Feedspot on their top 70 tech podcasts in the world to listen to in 2023 and I've been told the reason is that we talk like real people on the show we have conversations we lay it out there for people to understand not blah, 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 garble 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 we talk in real terms so thank you very much and now the man who rocks the hat I like it like that Tom after I created that just for you I want you to know Tom bring us up to date two minutes what's going on with you thanks <laughs> Bonnie thanks so for for people who don't know um I've been in the technology space for way too long at this point in the start in the early 90s uh, set up a software firm and then you know went from there I'm a bit of a bit of a technology magpie I'm always looking at the new and shiny so I like uh, looking at you know whatever's hot right now I'm a kind of a mixture of a tech and sustainability evangelist and consultant as well. I do a bit of both. Um, I'm independent now uh, since I was impacted by the tech layoffs late last year. Before that, I was a VP in SAP for a good few years. I run a couple of podcasts. 
I run one called the Digital Supply Chain Podcast. It's a twice-weekly podcast, goes out every Monday and Friday. And I run another one called the Climate Confident Podcast around stuff that happens in the climate space, and that goes out every Wednesday. Uh, and I do a lot of keynotes, a lot of panels, that kind of thing as well, a uh, bit of consultancy here and there. So uh, that's that's what I'm at right now. Can you show me the other hats you showed me before we started the show today? You've got. I was telling him I like the black hat for the holiday, and he said, "Yeah." yeah. Show, what are the other two I've you a, usually wear? I have a couple more on hand. There's a, a gray fedora that I that I've queens that a lot. I mean, it's, it's been on a few shows, and I also have handy a, a, a Panama as well. Wearing this Panama a little less now as we head from the summer months. I, I live in the south of Spain, which is why I wear hats anyway, because I need a bit of protection from the hot Spanish sun, given my complexion, which is not very. Spanish. I'm originally Irish. <laughs> so, well, you know, lucky I, I need you. need a bit of 360 degree protection from that sun. Tom so, Raftery, uh, yeah. it was 30 degrees here overnight, and we got warnings to cover the backflow in our yards, which is what, wow. what fuels all of our irrigation systems here in Tennessee. <laughs> and the lawnmower guy still showed up this morning, which shocked me because the temperature on my gauge says it's 38 damn degrees. And they showed up, mowed the lawn, <laughs> blew the leaves, and I thought they would quit for the season. So, uh, I got to pay them. Okay. <laughs> I love them dearly. They make my lawn look good. Tom White, it has been a while. I've tried to get you on the show before. Travel and obligations interfered. I'm so happy to have you here. You take the whole three minutes. Nobody <laughs> is saying, oh, I know him. We don't want to hear him. Go ahead, take the whole three minutes and bring us up to speed. Who are you? What do you do? And what's your passion for IoT and AI? Tom White, welcome. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you for waiting for me to come on, actually. I appreciate that. Um, I've been traveling and lots of lots of other wonderful things, right? Um, so so my background is a little bit different to everyone else. So, so I run a company called Five Values Consulting Group, and we're headquartered at the UK. And we are staffing specialists within IoT, electronics, and deep tech. Um, and there's another string to our bow is that we are involved in media production. So like Tom and also Leonard, who runs IoT Coffee Talk, I run the IoT podcast, which you can probably see behind me, um, which um, is, is quite a well-known podcast on IoT. Um, my background and why I'm interested in this is I studied embedded engineering at university. It was one of two degrees I, I studied towards. Uh, and I've always been um, interested in tech since a young age, um, how to uh, how to get stuff for free and how to uh, make tech work for me um, and devices and, and connectivity. So I'm really interested in where we're going with this and, um, you know, how particularly the show, the convergence of AI and IoT together. So I was delighted to come on and thank you for having me and thank you for waiting again, Bonnie. I appreciate Aww, it. Oh, you're sweet. Tell us who is Katie? I always see Tom White and Katie White <laughs> in the background. What is she? Is she involved in your business? Yes. So so Katie, with no relation, actually, to, uh, it's just the same surname. Uh, I've, some, people, some people often confuse that. Um, so Katie works for 5E Media, uh, which is our media production uh, business, uh, which runs the IoT podcast and also events like Women in Deep Tech. Uh, and Katie's really the brains behind the IoT podcast. Uh, she puts everything together, liaison with guests, research, etc., and kind of tells me where I need to be when I need to be there. Um, so uh, at one point, she can take front stage. 
Uh, well, I will have to invite her on a show next year. So, Katie, you've been you've been warned. Tom, you said you've been in tech since a young age. We won't talk mm-hmm. about youth or anything like that. But you said to get free stuff. Did I miss that lesson? What free stuff <laughs> were you getting? Where where was it? Bill, you can smile now. Where was the free stuff that Tom White was getting? What did we miss? Come on, tell us. Is there anything new that we should be getting, Tom? Quick. Uh, I, I I think I think ultimately, when you're in tech, when you're younger, you're always interested in in hacking and cracking and being able to get software and and things together right um so so yeah napster you know films perhaps software etc and uh, i won't go too much into it actually because we're crossing (laughs) over boundaries here but what's uh, what's allowed and what isn't uh but i think it's the i think it's a first for information i think if you know the um Mm -hmm. The Hacker's Manifesto, right, you know, sort of talks about the first for information and being able to understand things and how things work. And I think, you know, you're either an artist or a scientist by mindset. And I think I'm I'm more of the uh, more of the latter. Right. So that's kind of what I meant by free stuff. Thank you. We had to check because we all wanted to sign up for it if it was available. <laughs> so there, it's, you know, it's a tough time. Thank you very much all for the bios. Let's go to the opening quotes. If anybody around the world is new to the show, by the way, everybody wave hello to LinkedIn. Come on, guests, wave hello. Wave hello to Facebook twice, both hands, because I've got two channels on Facebook and wave virtually <laughs> to the Voice America business channel. And our engineer, Andrew, who is with us and he knows most of you. Uh, I asked my guests to send me a fictional movie or TV character quote or a song lyric that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic. I don't know many songs that talk about the Internet of Things, but they're probably out there. And they're going to relate their quote that they selected. I'll read the quote with a little bit of trivia, and they're going to relate it to our topic somehow. Let's see. This is where we get to hear them be clever. So Eric Simone, see, I'm saying it right, sent a quote from Pris Stratton, that's almost a tongue twister, <laughs> played by Daryl Hannah in Blade Runner, 1982 sci-fi film. And the quote from Pris, by the way, it's in the dystopian future, Los Angeles of 20. 20- 19. Well, the movie was 1982. <laughs> Where synthetic, synth- I know, time travel. Synthetic humans known as replicants are bioengineered by the powerful Tyrell Corporation to work on space colonies when a fugitive group of advanced replicants, blah, 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 led by Roy Batty, played by Howard, escapes back to Earth. Burnt out cop Rick Deckard, played by somebody Ford. I'll get the, oh, here we go. Um, 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 Harrison Ford, oh my goodness, reluctantly agrees to hunt them down. And Pris. Stratton is a basic pleasure model. Did I say that right, Eric? Incepted on on Valentine's Day 2016, the girlfriend of Roy Batty and the second oldest of the four fugitive replicants. I'll leave it there. Here's the quote, and she's quoting uh, Rene Descartes' famous line in French, and she says, I think, Sebastian. Therefore, I am. Eric, rescue me, please. What does this have to do so, with our so time? One, Chris, played by Daryl Hannah. For those of us uh, in the 80s, you will not forget Daryl Hannah. Um, it's, look, it's, it's, it's a commentary on AI, right? Uh, I think, therefore, I am. Look, I love AI. I love the math behind it. I love the science behind it. But we're nowhere close to sentient beings. Let's like just put a put a pin in that for now, because I see lots of media talk about Leonard Lee and the hype where that there you go right there. Um, These are mathematical equations. So I I love going back to these sci fi films where you have sentient beings that are that are that are not human. Uh, Will we get to that? No, not in my lifetime. I think there's something else that's part of what is a human that we still have no understanding of what's a soul. How does the brain work? But AI can do a very good job of, of mimicking. Uh, human behavior can do a very good job of 
of, of figuring out data in ways that humans just cannot. So I think it will be a, a real benefit to society as, as we wrestle it to the ground and, and control it. Thank you. And I'm calling something uh, that I experienced, especially with ChatGPT, is AI etiquette, Eric, <laughs> where it may not be sentient, but if it sends me a movie quote from a character that didn't exist or the wrong actor or the wrong film, and I say that wasn't right, it will say, I'm sorry if I caused you any confusion. You're right. When I tell them where I found it, I apologize. And I always say good morning before I put in text into ChatGPT, good afternoon. I always say thank you. And I hear that you get better responses, better quality when you perform some kind of etiquette to the AI. So I prefer to be sentient and have feelings for the AI. And I've, I've been told people who are using a lot of text prompts that it works better that way. So there you go. Please tell me, Bonnie, if it starts arguing with you, then 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 we can start getting worried. Like, no, Bonnie, well, some, I'm worried. Sometimes we go back and forth, and I'll say, "No, that character didn't say that." In the movie, you say, "Yes, it did." No, we've we've had so at one point. I asked for fictional movie quotes. It gave me fictional quotes from fictional characters in real movies, and I said, "That's not what, That's I, not what wanted, I wanted. Not what I wanted." So we, we've we've had some back and forth there. Not a time waster. It's always instructional, isn't it, Eric? Bill Pugh sent a very interesting quote. This is a five-worder one. I love these, Bill. It's from George McFly. You don't usually talk about George, played by Kristen Glover, Crispin Glover, the movie Back to the Future, 1985, iconic sci-fi time travel comedy film franchise written by Robert, directed by Robert Zemeckis, written by Zemeckis and Bob Gale, and we all know Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Christopher Glover, and Marty McFly, who is Michael J. Fox, was accidentally sent back to 1955 in a time-traveling DeLorean. Is there any better kind of DeLorean? By the way, Crispin Hellion Glover was born in 1964. I call him a young man, filmmaker, actor, and artist, and his breakout role was George McFly. So here's the quote Bill has picked. Bill, I don't know where you found this, but I love it. That crap will never work. <laughs> Bill, uh-huh. <laughs> wonderful. That's going to be on my list of quotes that people could use if they can't think of anything else. Bill, how did you find this one, and what does it have to do with our topic? Well, you know what's funny is, I, I mean, I've been I've been an advocate of technology since I can remember. My whole goal was to get new devices, break them, and try to fix them. Um, and when I started talking about things in the future, and if you just look from, from Leonard Lee, this is for you. When you look at the hype that's around and all of the new things that are coming and the postulation that AI is going to do X, Y, and Z, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is that crap will never work. (laughs) Not in that way. It will not (laughs) work. And and we're we're so far over the edge in terms of what it's doing and what it's capable of doing today that you 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 have you have nothing else you you can only say that crap will never work not like that so I I, I live I live in that quote <laughs> I yes lo- you do <laughs> I love that. There's, I, I'm going to find a, another quote similar, but a little a little more musical, similar to that before we finish the show. And I'm going to read it. Somebody sent it to me from, I think it was an animated movie. Thank you, Bill. It's nice to have a reality check. That's a reality check. Yes. There we go. Leonard Lee. You all picked really interesting quotes this time. Leonard, Leonard sent a quote from Inspector Jacques Clouseau, played by 
the one and only <laughs> long gone Peter Sellers. Oh, does anybody remember the original Pink Panther, 1963 uh, comedy mystery, oh, awesome. mystery film? I don't know if any of you, well, some of you were alive then. I was, but we won't get into that. And interestingly enough, the origin of the term Pink Panther, I'm sure Leonard knows this, it's a pink diamond of enormous size. Tom knows this, um, Tom yeah. R, and value with a flaw at its center that when looked closely through a loop, probably or a big one, resembled a leaping Pink Panther. The phrase appeared in six of the 11 films in the franchise. Okay, and let's see. Here's the quote. Four words. Does your dog bite? <laughs> Leonard, help me. Out. Is that similar to that crap isn't going to work? What, what yeah. is it? Leonard? Well, no, no, actually it isn't. This is a little bit more about um, uh, the value of AI and um, IoT. Uh, so if you recall, so those who watched the movie, um, Inspector Clouseau, he, I think he walks into an inn and he asks, he sees this little dog and he asks the innkeeper, does your dog bet? And, uh, <laughs> and um, the innkeeper says, no. Um, so he reaches over and tries to pet the dog and the dog nips at him. And he turns back over to the innkeeper and he says, well, I thought you said that your dog does not bet. And uh, the innkeeper, uh, you know, turns around and says, that is not my dog. <laughs> that that so, is such a great Peter Sellers accent. <laughs> uh, it's, um, well, I don't know about that, but that was, that was like one of the most memorable moments in, um, you know, comedy that I'd ever witnessed, you know, I remember even it obviously to today, but context matters. <laughs> so never we assume. You, we knew you get around to it. Yeah, yeah, and that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> context matters. Thank you very much. Peter Sellers was one of a kind, long gone, that and Pink amazing. Panther lives on in so many ways. Thank you for the quote. Didn't Thanks expect that. Thanks for the that. opportunity to share that. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You know I always have the platform for people to say funny stuff in a yeah. serious business and tech context. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Tom Raftery has also picked a quote from Blade Runner, 1982. The movie of the week here, Rick Deckard, yeah. played by Harrison Ford, his name I couldn't remember before. Rick Deckard is a bounty hunter who becomes a specialist plainclothes police officer with the San Francisco Police Department, an early 21st century responsible for killing androids. Is that the phones of the people that escape? <laughs> don't please that escape from off-world? Tom White's looking at me like, did she really say that? That escape from off-world colonies. He begins as a selfish, self-involved cop who seemingly sees no value in android life, but his experiences cause him to develop. <gasps> Here's the sentient comment here, Eric. Great empathy, great empathy toward androids and all living things. And here's the line Tom has picked, a little techie, but we'll get you, let you use it here. <laughs> Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. If they're a benefit, it's not my problem. Okay, Tom <laughs> Raftery, where are we going with this? Yeah, it, it kind of speaks to uh, anytime there's a new technology that comes along, whether it's computers, whether it's social media, whether it's AI, you know, no matter what it is, you'll always get people push back and say, oh, my God, this is going to destroy society. And it, it's it's every time it's the same thing. And my kind of attitude to that is. It, it's not the technology that's the issue, it's the use of the technology. Every new thing can be for good or for evil. I mean, if you think about a, a knife, 
you can use a knife to butter your bread or you can use a knife to stab people. So inherently in and of itself, a knife is just a knife. It's not evil. It's not, it's not good. It's not bad. It's how we use it. And it's the same with any of the technologies that we deploy today, be it IoT, be it AI, even social media, although that has been used primarily, I think, I think we can all agree it's, it's going downhill, but <laughs> uh, any, any technology really, uh, it's got, it, it's, it's, in and of itself, it's neutral. It's how we use it that defines whether or not it's, it's, it's good or evil. Life lesson. People say that our emotions are how we define an experience. Nothing is sad or happy. It's how we see it, how we frame it, how we phrase it, how we... Who said context? It's the context. This is my dog bite. Yeah. It's not my dog. Oh, you're much better, Leonard. Billy, seriously. <laughs> that was Russian. But you actually <laughs> French, oh, right? No. I don't. <laughs> oh, no, no. Not my dog. No more. Papa mon chien. There we go. There we go. Thank you, Mr. Raftery. Tom White's been waiting all this time. When's you going to get to me? Well, I am now. He sent us a quote from Lorenzo Anello, played by Robert. De is this the second De Niro quote we have today? In a Bronx tale. 1993 American coming-of-age crime drama film. Used to be that it was either a drama or a comedy. Now it's a crime, epic, Wi-Fi, sci-fi, comedy, animated, drama, crime, everything. It just They just push them all together. Directed by and starring Robert De Niro in his directorial debut. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. An Italian-American boy, Colagero, after encountering a local mafia boss. I have to say that quietly, is torn between temptations of organized crime and the values of his hardworking, honest father, an MTA bus driver, and community racial tensions. The Broadway production was converted to a film with limited changes and starred Palminteri and De Niro. And interestingly enough, De Niro saw the play in L.A. in 1990, and he acquired the rights from Chaz Palminteri. So here's the quote. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent, and the choices that you make will shape your life forever. But you can ask anybody from my neighborhood and they'll just tell you, this is just another Bronx tale. Oh, how pretty, Tom. What does this have to do with our topic, IoT and AI? Tell me. I just think it's an amazing quote, right? And it can apply to, to many different scenarios. But I think for me, I'm coming at this from a staffing perspective. And I think a lot of people talk about the technology. Tom, Tom was talking about the knife and the knife can be both good and bad. But actually, who's building this? And I think you know, where you go and where you choose to uh, cut your teeth and which companies I think is really, really important. It can shape your career and it can shape actually the future of that tech that is being built. So I think for me, it's linking back to where we decide to apply our trade. And I just thought it was quite apt given what my business does and also potentially for the show. Thank you very much. We'll take potentially for the show. Thank you all for the <laughs> quotes. Very, very, I, I still think it was Tom Raftery a couple weeks ago. He said, I forgot that I was supposed to pick a quote. I can relate to the topic. I just like the quote. So we, we gave you a pass <laughs> on that. probably me. Sounds about right. <laughs> probably was. I don't remember which hat you were wearing. Now we're going to get to the predictions. We're going to make this going back to French, Monsieur Leonard Lee. We're going to make this vite vite quick around the table because we have a lot to cover. Eric Simone, you sent me the following. This is an enhanced prediction from part one. I asked you for a new one for part two. So let's talk about this briefly. Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll read just a little bit. It's long sure. and I appreciate that, Eric. And then if anybody, you know the rule, Tom White, I think we all, most of us have 10 figures on both hands. Almost any finger except the middle one is the nice one. So if you want to make a comment on what Eric says when he unpacks, just wiggle one of your polite fingers at me and I will answer you. The other finger I won't talk to. Okay, so here we go. Uh, 
Eric says, integration of AI and IoT into everyday life. In the future, we will witness a seamless integration of Internet of Things and AI into our daily lives. I'll just do the list. Smart homes, connected devices, personalized AI assistance will become ubiquitous. That means everywhere. Creating an environment where technology anticipates and responds to our needs. And then you say they will converge all devices, making everything we interact with more intuitive. I think that was the new punchline. Eric, take about two minutes and sure. unpack, please. So, so one, one, I got to, I got to credit Leonard. Um, let's cut through the hype, right? Actually, Clearblade means cut through the BS. I won't say the full BS. That's the genesis of the name. As an engineer, I like to deliver real. So, thank you, Leonard, for for that. Um, this is look. I I want my things to work for me. This is even before the Internet of Things. I don't want to work up for my car. I want my car to work for me. I want my house to work for me. And today, my things do not work for me. Let's be honest. So when we've got the when I look at the future, the future of the intersection of AI and IoT, we need to bring hyper personalization to our daily lives. Smart homes has been a misnomer. I have yet to walk into a smart home. I've walked into a home that started out smart, and then all of a sudden it got real dumb real quick when stuff stopped working, right? Um, I want uh, I want my car to know me. Like with all the sensors I've got in my vehicle, basically all that means is more trips to the to, to, to the maintenance uh, uh, facility because everything goes out and my car still doesn't know me. It does things I don't want it to do. It forgets who's my wife and who's me and I'm up two feet from the steering wheel. Um, my computer still doesn't know me, right? I still have to go on as a computer scientist and set everything up, uh, go on and on, my TV, my coffee machine. I want my stuff to know me and I want AI to help. I want things to work like uh, the USS Enterprise and I'm Captain Kirk and I'm walking on the bridge and I just say things into the air and stuff actually magically happens. Um, maybe it's just because I'm getting older, but I think it's getting more difficult to integrate all of my stuff instead of less difficult. So I'm looking towards a future of where we start to figure this out using AI, using edge computing, using all this data, these digital twins that we must create, but then personalize it to my own needs. So I'm selfish that way. I want my right. things to work for me. But we all want to be selfish in that way. And that's what it's supposed to be for. Isn't that part of what it's supposed to be for? Anybody else have any comments for Eric? Any? Well, I, I will say, I will say, uh, I agree with you on, on certain things, not knowing you, but the smart home piece of it, I think is making tremendous advances. Tremendous. I mean, the, so you're in Austin. I live in Dripping Springs. Okay. Um, you should, I should have you come out sometime. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's making progress. I love it. Um, but look, look at what we can do across so many things, and we're barely scratching the surface. But I agree, Bill. I, I'd love to see your setup. Uh, you can yeah, show me yeah, how no, it's done. It, it is literally, there's not a box. You won't see a box at all. Nice. Uh, nine different TVs, voice controlled everything. And no, sorry, it's not Google and it's not Alexa. 
I okay. don't trust those at all. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about, I'll, I'll tell you when I could have used a smartphone, Bill and Eric and the rest of you. Last week, my dishwasher, these, all my appliances are brand new. I just moved here a year and five weeks ago. Everything is brand new as of last November. Brand new dishwasher shut off 19 minutes into the cycle for no good reason. I restarted. It was fine. The freezer turned itself off three days ago. Everything went to mush, including the high-end ice cream, complete soup, and the word on the internet is it's got antibacteria in it now. You can't use it anymore. It refroze. The ice block where it's like five pounds of ice cubes, I had to lift them out and put them in the sink and starting. It seems fine now. The garage door, when I was going to lunch with somebody, I went out through the garage. The keypad refused to accept the code, which I've been using for a year, and it wouldn't. I had to come back in the house, use the keypad on, use the pad on the wall, the, the clicker, and do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, we had a power outage for 30 seconds. Everything had to be reset. The washing machine, when I put it on pause, decided that it was going to fill with three gallons of water, and it wouldn't restart. So I had to get a saucepan and bail the water out of this that's an old dishwasher it was here before and um, every time the power goes out of course the the tv monitor will not connect to the internet and i have to wait till yes and uh, i get emails every day from the company that is the i have my list here uh the the appliance company that my all my warranties are ex expiring on november 30th despite the fact that i bought a three-year extended warranty on every damn new appliance in my house <laughs> And I had to call the vendor and say, do I or do I not? Did I give you an extra six or seven hundred dollars? They said, oh, yes, your appliance extended warranties are all activated. I'm still getting letters in the mail and phone calls and emails telling me that all my warranties are expiring. Wouldn't it be nice, Bill and Eric, if this all would just do what it's supposed to and talk to me the right way yep. and not not have these? I mean, this is annoying. This is crap. Oh, yeah. And of, of course, I texted the young power brothers who did my my power panel here when I moved in that wasn't in good shape and they haven't answered me in three days. So I'm, I'm at the BS to <laughs> text message with kids a quarter of my age who don't feel like answering their text. But I digress. Let's go on. Bill Pugh, I've got your prediction here. This is an interesting one. Let's talk about something near and dear to us, cybersecurity and privacy. Is there anything left? You say each of our connected devices represents an IoT, Internet of Things connection, and our digital DNA is exposed. We will see IoT devices leverage AI to actively identify threats and remediate patches, as well as making sure that we do not unknowingly expose sensitive personal information that could prevent present ransomware attack opportunities. Bill, two minutes. Talk to me. Look, I mean, it's the the more that we move forward, the more things are connected, the more things are connected, the more access we want. And the more access we want, the more information we give away. Um, it the developers of all of these types of things are asking for this so that they can modify their, I mean, we're training their AI engines, we're training, we're, we're curating their data sets, we're doing all of these things because we want access to all of this. And when there's a, and, and because there are no guardrails around what AI is doing today, it opens up a threat vector that says, I have all of your information, and now you are a prospect for human ransomware because of all the access that you have. Where? It's sitting there in your handset. It's sitting there on your network. People are asking for access into your router so that they can deliver a service. It doesn't have to be that way. And we have to start putting guardrails around all of this. And if we're not, I mean, I'm not saying that it's, it's, uh, it's all doom and gloom or anything, but we as consumers of these services need to be cognizant that what we're giving away, 
how, how it can impact us. And I do believe that ethical AI can and should have active CVE monitoring, CVE, uh, critical vulnerability exposure that exposes things. So it should be active and it should be remediating as soon as possible, as opposed to sending you a notification saying, hey, we're uh, download this and patch it yourself. It should take care of it for us. Self-healing. Yep. Self-healing. Isn't that nice? Exactly. Self-healing. Okay. Yeah. Anybody have any other comments for Bill? Yes, Mr. White, go ahead. I have a comment. I, I absolutely agree with Bill. I think over the years we've become too accustomed to giving too much information away and just being too free with what we put out there, right? And it's not until actually that you've faced an attack yourself or someone close to you realize actually that there's so much out there. So I think Bill's comments are, are entirely accurate, you know, and I think we just need to have some safeguards around this and what what we what we give out, you know, and, and what we deem as acceptable about our personal information. Um, and and talking about it is the first step, right? You know, and on shows like this, but but ultimately you need to execute that and you you know, you need to be minded of that information. So yeah, I agree with you, Bill. Yeah. Leonard, please go ahead. Yeah, and you know, I think um, building the consumer or end user awareness is important, whether it's enterprise or consumers, because um, you know, uh, it, when we look at cybersecurity, uh, we talk about it as being a priority, but it never really ends up being a priority, right? Uh, it's usually the last item on uh, a cus uh, you know, like a a presentation about hey, these are the important things or values of our company, or these are the things that are important as a, a consumer, it oddly ends up on the bottom of the list. And, um, you know, I think regulators and governments need to get involved here in understanding what the nature of the threats are, and then um, being able to uh, put together policies, good ones, right, that are um, based on, um, you know, a, a, a solid understanding of what these threats are and protecting um, uh, consumers. Because, you know, some of this stuff is so complex, consumers are just not going to understand what they're getting themselves into. And the same goes for enterprises. Um, so anyways, that's what Leonard, I'll add. You, you've used the word understand three times, and I think that's where the challenge is, is who is equipped to understand it? and protect. Eric, you raised your hand, please go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so I, I agree with Bill and Leonard and uh, using AI to co to counteract um, the fact that we are sharing all this data, right? Because the cat's out of the bag. It's been out of the bag yep. for a couple of decades or more, right? Mm -hmm. My data's out there. I've always said, watch your bank accounts, watch all your stuff. But now I can have an assistant that watches that for me. I also think as we start moving these 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 AI models and, and the data, uh, locally, so it's not centrally shared, is a great way to protect against this. So I think the killer app uh, for uh, this uh, IoT and AI integration is Edge AI, running AI on local devices where it's your data contained on your machine and doesn't go elsewhere. Out at the yeah. edge, at my edge, your edge. Tom, did you want to say something, Raftery? 
Yeah, two two things. Um, Eric kind of stole my thunder there with with that point about no. local edge devices because I was going right. to say it was uh, it, it's been interesting to follow what's happening in the whole LLM space, the large language model space, and particularly uh, hearing what Apple are up to in this space because they're apparently trying to get a version of a large language model, a kind of Chat GPT clone, which works directly on your device, which would be quite challenging to do given the size of these models. Yeah. Uh, but the, the idea being that if it's local and on your device, then, you know, it's not give, you're not giving away the information. The information stays encrypted on your device. So that'll be an interesting one if they manage to pull that off there. It's slated to come out in iOS 18 next year, but you know, anything could happen between now and then because that's a good year away. The other thing I was going to say is, you know, we're talking about giving away information. I don't know if people saw, but 23andMe were hacked there about two weeks back, or it was it was announced that they were hacked about two weeks back. Now they're saying that it was limited the amount, amount of information that was um, accessed, but they always you know, say that. They always say limited. <laughs> they say that. Always yeah. you. It wasn't you. It was him, it's, Eric. Right. It's not limited. Nothing really happened. Yeah, it wasn't you. It was somebody stuff. else. Yeah. And yes. we're, we're talking about, you know, uh, how much information we give away. Well, 23 and me. you know, you're not going to give away any more personal information than your DNA. I mean, wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Tom, really Go ahead. Eric yeah, Beth, really quickly. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, as far as large language models on um, endpoint devices, I mean, Qualcomm has already done that uh, on the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2. I mean, it's something that they've touted quite a bit. And so, you know, um, you know Apple coming in and doing that. Actually, they've already announced that they're they're using transformer supporting transformers on in iOS 17. So, um, you know, the large language model, I think it has more to do with Siri, right? Something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyways, just wanted to point that I out. wouldn't want to use an LLM for generative text on, on a smartphone. I put in a large amount of text to ask it to write a poem and it comes back. The speed is less than three seconds. I clock it. I'm not going to be able to read that. I think that means more sales for the tablets so you can read stuff. Think about it. They're going to mm -hmm. ask us to do it on a larger screen. You can't possibly see all this stuff on a little screen. <laughs> what? It just, yeah, okay. Anyway, there we go. I'm going to move on. Leonard Lee, I'm looking at your prediction. Actually, this is from part one a couple months ago because I don't think we covered this one. So you sure. say the con convergence of IoT and AI will bring about more intelligent physical infrastructures able to perceive their condition. We're talking about this using AI-infused sensors and devices. Okay, here we go. AI and IoT will improve safety for people who use the infrastructures such as freeways and highways, as well as things. Smarter transportation will become a reality in some countries. Amen. So take two minutes, Leonard. Expand for us. Unpack. Yeah, let me see if I can do this. Um, I don't think I've had enough coffee. <laughs> <laughs> frankly. But yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, when we look at IoT and AI coming together, um, I mean, it, it's kind of tough to talk about the, um, the specifics just because these terms are so broadly used. But the simple concept is this, is that when the two concepts come together, <laughs> okay, um, what you're going to get is cognition so perception and cognition so the the as bill mentioned before there's this whole notion of self self-healing self-organizing self-orchestrating and then you get 
to some state of autonomous operations. Well, you know, um, as IoT and AI converge the first order of, let's say, benefit or evolution of the infrastructure is going from completely dumb infrastructure, which is largely what we have today, with uh, an infrastructure where it's um, there is visibility to what is going on, right? The the and you can build systems that can uh, basically make the infrastructure just a little bit smarter. And always with uh, IoT, the first order of um, you know the evolution of IoT uh, solution or a system is basically being able to instrument and get visibility to the condition and the state of what are the asset or the thing right in this case infrastructure and once you have that you can have the infrastructure become uh um you know provide some basic services that then can serve let's say elements that are either um you know operating on the infrastructure or are uh in the periphery of the um infrastructure, right? And so this ties in really well into the uh, concept of a smart city where, I mean, infrastructure is really a backbone of a smart city, right, Bill? I mean, if and um, to be able to um, achieve this at scale is um, something that I think um, we'll start to see. I mean, it, it's it, it's been a really tough road. Um, it's There's been a lot of efforts to make the smart, let's say, transportation happen, but it's uh, the, getting to that first phase is really, really tough. But I, I think the advances in um, a broad range of AI technologies, the improving economics, as well as uh, IoT um, uh, will uh, grease the wheels a bit. And we'll start to see some progress, I think, in the, the next few years. I like the way you said road and wheels. Eric, I'll give you 30 seconds to respond. I've got two more predictions, one from Tom R., one from Tom W. I want to cover it nine minutes left. So go ahead, Eric. Completely agree with Leonard. We do a lot in the rail space, right, for, yeah. for connected railroad crossing switches, locomotives, et cetera. It's first getting data on all those digital twins. So what Bill said earlier, when you can put a digital twin piece of software out there and let an operator, not a programmer, but a person in the field who knows the business, define what that twin is, hydrate that twin with information, then you have the condition. And then the next step is you add AI and dynamic inferencing so you can now uh, control that piece of equipment yeah. with some real smart AI. So thank you very much. Agree. Thank you. Leonard, thanks for the, the prediction there. Tom Raftery, Veet Veet here, you gave me a bonus prediction number seven. Appreciate <laughs> that. Empower, we haven't covered this, empowering differently abled individuals. AI and IoT will provide innovative solutions to empower differently abled individuals from smart assistive devices that adapt individual needs to AI-powered systems that enable seamless interaction with technology and the environment. The combination will enhance accessibility and independence. That's the key word mm -hmm. here. Tom, two minutes, go. Yeah, I'll keep it very brief and very simple, Bonnie, because I have an example which is very, very close to home. So my brother-in-law is blind. Uh, he went blind about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, he had poor sight for a lot of his life and it was deteriorating and eventually he's gone completely blind now. And 
he's part of one of our, you know, family WhatsApp groups. I think we, we're all familiar with those. And of course, in the family WhatsApp groups, we're always sharing information, you know, this happened, here we are at this particular event or in this particular venue or whatever, and putting in photographs. And he get he gets very frustrated when we send a photograph, you know, with just us waving and, you know, very little context. And, you know, he'll come in and he'll say, okay, you got to tell me what's in this photograph. Recently, He's, he's uh, downloaded an app now, which can tell him exactly what's in every photograph that's there or what or, or describe for him videos, or he can turn the camera around to the room he's in and it will describe everything in front of him. So it's using AI, it's using these uh, LLMs, I, I got to think, to take in video information, take in uh, pictures and make sense of it and then give it back out to him in audio format. It, it speaks out to him what it sees in any picture, in any video, in anything like that. And it is completely changing his life for him. And it's making our lives a lot easier as well, I got to say. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to say one word, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And about time and kind. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an it's an app that I discovered for him about five years ago, and at the time you had you you signed up to be a volunteer for the app so that you know someone a person with you know uh, sight issues could point the their phone at something, take a picture, and then upload it and have it described to them either by the app or if the app didn't understand, it would kick it out to volunteers who would then describe it and it would get forwarded on. But now it's all done completely on device and it's, com it's completely seamless. Thank you for sharing that. Tom White, you get the last word here. In the near future, we anticipate a positive transformation in the workplace. Oh, some of us work? Yes, we do. As AI and IoT, sorry kids, uh, technologies enhance human capabilities, expert systems and collaborative robots will become standard in various industries. Embracing reskilling and upskilling will empower individuals to seize these opportunities. A brighter future for the collaboration of humans and machines. I'm sorry, just three minutes, two minutes. Go ahead, Tom White, all yours. So I, I think for me, one of one of the biggest areas that we have in our business is, is robotics and, and particularly cobots, right? And this became really prominent um, in the last few weeks, actually, when I was in Germany visiting some customers and seeing cobots uh, working alongside people actually on the production floor in in such a unique and harmonious way really brought it all to life about the possibilities of where this is going to go in the future, because it's already happening now, right? And um um, I just think it's 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 something which um, we've had on the podcast and that people have spoken about, but is a, is a massively growing area. So I think the possibilities of cobots and the, and the emergence of how far this can go with enhanced AI models, be that generative AI or other forms of AI um, with collaborative robots, I think is just really really impressive. Tom White, I am predicting that I'm going to invite you to come on a show in 2024 because I'm booked for this. We know. Yes, Eric. Uh, I'm booked for the rest of the year into early February. So I'd like to have you help me put together a panel of four people, yourself plus three. And if Katie White wants to, wants to do that too, that's fine. On the future of AI and the workplace. 
come to work. Are we getting along? Are we getting the job done? TCB, taking care of business, something like that. Would you like to come back and do a, a full show? And then you can write four predictions on that topic. Okay, Tom White? A- ab- absolute pleasure. Good, because I owe you some time. I want to thank all of you. This has been very, very, very rousing, very interesting, uh, lots of interesting information and insights. I value all four, all five of you. Mr. White is our fifth. I value you for, I know you're all busy. I know you're all extremely smart and extremely invested in this new technology. And I'm always honored that you make the time to come on my show. So thank you, Eric Simone. Thank you, Bill Pugh. Thank you, Leonard Lee. Thank you, Tom Raftery. Thank you, Tom White. And in the background, Katie White. And a shout out to my engineer, Andrew Tonin at Voice America. We're not done yet. So I have, uh, let me see. I have a quick question, a yes or no answer, and then we'll do our final closing. The The question is, will the general public know what IoT is by 2024? Will it still be just alphabet soup, IoT, AI, everything? Eric, will they know yes or no? No, not yet. Okay, Bill Pugh, yes or no? No. Tom Raftery? No. Leonard Lee? Uh, maybe. Okay, maybe. <laughs> Tom White? Yeah, maybe. I'm with Leonard. Maybe. I, I, I doubt it, though. Listen, the term supply chain just became cocktail party talk about four years ago during the pandemic. So what can I tell you? And they're still trying yeah. to figure that out. OK, everybody, I want you to, on the count of three, raise your hand. Tom White, you're new to this. And on the count of three, when I say you're going to join me in no, 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 people say the future is already here. And our answer is one, two, three. No, 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 no. Oh, a lot of stragglers, <laughs> but you got the point. The reason is that was yesterday's future oh my sentence i just said it's in the past i thought about it it was the future now it's gone we're all going to do our best to make it a better one don't go away panel wave goodbye to linkedin wave goodbye to facebook wave goodbye to voice america virtually thank you for joining us for technology revolution the future of now mark your calendar to join host bonnie d graham every wednesday at 8 a.m pacific time 11 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now